Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, all of you cheeky whippets. Jules here for WhatCulture.com. And you know what? I did a list recently on actors that absolutely hated their own movie performances. And I'm back with 10 more. Baby, cannot stop this train of content. Choo-choo! So let's take a look at them. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com. And these are 10 more actors who hate their own movie performances. Number 10, Nicole Kidman, Australia. So when it was released in 2008, Baz Luhrmann's Australia was intended to help give the Australian tourist industry a rather big shot in the arm. Mixed reviews from fans and critics alike was matched with a modest box office return, a $210 million haul from a $130 million budget, and star Nicole Kidman was actually quick to slam her own performance in the picture. In Australia, Kidman plays a wealthy Englishwoman who ends up falling for an Australian cowboy played by Hugh Jackman. While the four-time Academy Award nominee was quick to praise co-stars Jackman and a young Brandon Walters, speaking on Today FM, Nicole revealed how she squirmed in her seat throughout the world premiere of the film. More bluntly, the actress said how she looked at her husband Carl Urban and straight up told him, I can't look at this movie and be proud of what I've done, before adding, it's just impossible for me to connect to Australia emotionally at all. Interestingly, Nicole Kidman has only ever attended two of her own film premieres, those being Moulin Rouge and Australia, both directed by Baz Luhrmann, and both premieres only attended because the director asked her to. Number 9. Colin Farrell, Miami Vice The 2006 big-screen iteration of Miami Vice might have looked all kinds of gorgeous, but that was pretty much the only saving grace that it had, because it fell short on so many other levels. And if you ask star Colin Farrell, well, he'll completely agree with you. Here Farrell was Sonny Crockett, opposite Jamie Foxx's Ricardo Tubbs. As Universal looked to recapture the lightning in a bottle that was the Miami Vice TV series of the 1980s, only barely making its $135 million budget back and being slaughtered by critics, Miami Vice was labelled as a total dud. For Farrell, he's much more willing to take the blame for that, slamming his own performance in an interview with the Miami New Times in 2010. Miami Vice? I didn't like it so much. I thought it was style over substance, and I accepted a good bit of the responsibility. I just completely felt a shit on that one. Over the years, the Irish actor has openly talked about how he was in the midst of a major battle with alcohol addiction and drug issues during the filming of Miami Vice, which clearly would have impacted one's own ability to perform in front of the camera. Number 8. Matthew Good, Leap Year 
The initial main couple of 2010's Leap Year are Amy Adams, Anna, and Adam Scott's Jeremy. Tired of waiting for her partner to propose to her, Anna decides to travel from Boston to Dublin to surprise her love at a work conference with the intention to propose to him on the 29th of February, aka Leap Day. In typical rom-com fashion, anything and everything goes wrong for Anna. Her flight to Ireland has to land in Wales, her boat trip across the Irish Sea is hit by bad weather which forces her to take refuge in a small Irish seaside town, she has to thumb a lift to Dublin, has her luggage stolen, and it's all an out-and-out nightmare. And along the way, she meets Matthew Good's Declan, who befriends her and helps her on her journey. And yes, of course, the two eventually fall in love with one another. Now, Good has admitted how he didn't enjoy his performance in Leap Year, but he was more than happy that the shoot allowed him to spend weekends at home. After panning the film's script to the Telegraph, he exclaimed, Was it a bad job? Yes, it was. But you know what? I had a nice time, and I got paid. Number 7. Emma Stone, Aloha 2015's Aloha caused plentiful controversy before, during, and after its release, with it largely coming down to how Emma Stone was cast as the half-Chinese, half-Hawaiian lead of Cameron Crowe's picture. Stone has no Chinese or Hawaiian heritage, and this was yet another example of Hollywood's uncomfortable habit of whitewashing. Seemingly unaware of how problematic her casting was upon taking the role, the aftermath of the movie's release saw the penny finally drop for the Academy Award winner, with her showing disappointment in her performance and her lack of awareness. In an interview with news.com.au, Stone expressed her remorse for ever taking on Aloha in the first place. I've learned on a macro level about the insane history of whitewashing in Hollywood and how prevalent the problem is. It's ignited a conversation that's very important. Number 6. Sir Alec Guinness, star Wars A New Hope While so many of us hold Sir Alec Guinness's portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi dear to our hearts, the actor himself had vastly different thoughts on his time as the Jedi Master. In his Blessings in Disguise autobiography, Guinness was not shy about his unhappiness with his time on Star Wars A New Hope, as well as his overall experience with the Star Wars franchise and with his own performances as Kenobi. That 1985 read sees the legendary actor slam the rubbish dialogue of Star Wars, detail in-person experiences where he told young fans never to watch and you hope again and discuss his genuine regret at having agreed to take on the Obi-Wan role. Guinness went on to describe how Star Wars was not an acting job and added how his experience and his own performances made him feel out of touch. Still, despite these harsh words, Sir Alec did proclaim how he was grateful for it because it saw him get a great payday for the 1977 effort that he presumed to be an utter flop. Oh, how wrong he was. Number 5. Sally Field, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in some ways, Sally Field is almost the May Parker that many forget about. These days, we've got a much younger, cooler Aunt May in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and fans have shown mass adoration for Rosemary Harris's beautiful portrayal of the quintessential classic May in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Sandwiched between these two iterations of Aunt May, of course, was Sally Field's take on the character in the Amazing Spider-Man pictures. At one point in time, Sony Pictures had boldly announced the Amazing Spider-Man 3, the Amazing Spider-Man 4, Venom, and and the Sinister Six, all to follow The Amazing Spider-Man 2. But when Amazing Spider-Man 2 disappointed, those plans were quickly shelved and the franchise itself would be ultimately scrapped. But for Field, that was seemingly a godsend. Speaking to Howard Stern back in 2016, Sally wasn't too fussed about her performance in these movies, particularly in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and admitted that she put not a great deal of effort into playing Aunt May. Even more damning on the 2014 sequel, she concluded, it's really hard to find a three-dimensional character in it, and you work it as much as you can, but you can't put £10 of shit in a £5 bag. Quite. Number 4. Zac Efron High School Musical 
So unhappy with his own performance in High School Musical, Zac Efron wishes that he could kick his own ass. In a 2016 interview with Men's Journal ahead of the Baywatch film release, Efron opened up about how he not only hated his performance as Troy in the 2006 Disney offering, but he hated the impact that that role had on his career in the ensuing years. He detailed, I step back and look at myself and still want to kick that guy's ass sometimes. Like, that guy. He's done some kind of cool things with some cool people. He did that one thing that was funny, but I mean, he's just that f***ing kid from High School Musical. Whether you enjoyed High School Musical and Efron's Troy or not, there's no arguing that he was clearly stereotyped and indeed typecast in the immediate aftermath of the film's release. Number 3. Jim Carrey – Kick-Ass 2 for Jim Carrey, he hated his performance in Kick-Ass 2, not because he necessarily thought it was an awful movie, but down to some of the violence that was featured in this 2013 sequel. In that film, Carrey portrays badass Colonel Stars and Stripes, a former mafia enforcer who had a change of heart and formed the Justice Forever Vigilante group. The reason the Ace Ventura star distanced himself from Kick-Ass 2 and his own personal performance was down to the very real tragic events of this Sandy Hook elementary school shooting. As Carrey explained in a statement shortly before Kick-Ass 2 started its promotional push, I did Kick-Ass a month before Sandy Hook, and now in all good conscience, I cannot support that level of violence. My apologies to the others involved with this film. After the Canadian opted against promoting the picture, the opinion was mixed amongst fans and even the producers of Kick-Ass 2. While many could understand how Kerry removed himself from Kick-Ass 2's press tour, others pointed out how Jim knew about the movie's gun use and levels of violence when he signed on to appear in the film. Whichever side you fall on is up to you. Number 2. Dev Patel – The Last Airbender After receiving an Academy Award nomination for his feature film debut in Danny Boyle's Slumdog Millionaire, Dev Patel had the world at his feet. For his follow-up feature, the actor opted to go all-in on the blockbuster route as Prince Zuko in M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. And this film was, uh, not good at all. I'm looking at a script that is in front of me that is much more kind to this film, but you know what? I think it's a raging trash fire. I hate this film with all my heart because I love the animated series that came before it, so yes, this ruined it for me. Well done! Anyway, Mr. Patel was not happy with his performance either and told The Hollywood Reporter in 2016, I know what I'm afraid of playing, those big studio movies. After Slumdog, I did a film that was not well received at all. I completely felt overwhelmed by the experience. I felt like I wasn't being heard. That was really scary for me. And that's when I really learned the power of no, the idea of saying no. Listen to that instinct you get when you read those words for the first time. Some very good advice. And number one, Mark Wahlberg, Boogie Nights. So, is the greatest performance of Mark Wahlberg's career his turn as Dirk Diggler in Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights? Well, if you're asking me, hell yeah it is. Paul Thomas Anderson's 1997 classic was a perfect movie in so, so many ways, complete with a compelling multi-layered narrative, a stunning ensemble cast, hugely memorable dialogue, a truly legendary soundtrack, and some of the swankiest fashion and style ever to be committed to film. At the core of this, of course, is Wahlberg's Eddie Adams. A young dishwasher looking to get his big break, Eddie ends up in the world of porn and takes on the aforementioned Dirk Diggler moniker. A devout Catholic, Warburg dismissed his Boogie Nights turn during a speaking event in 2017. As per the Chicago Tribune, Marky Mark has gone as far as to ask forgiveness from God himself for his time as Dirk Diggler. I just always hope that God is a movie fan and also forgiving, because I've made some poor choices in my past. Boogie Nights is up there at the top of the list. So yeah, he thought that his performance was so bad that he's asking God for forgiveness. I've got nothing else to say. That's the end of the list. Brilliant. Cool. Let's move on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.